they have those opportunities. I often joke when people ask me about recruiting, I'm like, I want to have a sign that says like, give me, give me your week, give me your third string, give me your bench warmers. I want the, the kids who are just hungry to be on a team, hungry to get out there and do their thing and maybe have a challenge. And because I was that, I was that kid. Hello, and welcome to Steady State Podcast, your rowing fix where the water is always flat, the catches are clean, and you can always hear the coxswain. We are reframing the popular yet limited narrative about rowing culture by celebrating the expansive array of rowers, coaches, and coxswains in a podcast designed to save a real-life experience from launch to cox seat at every level. Thanks to everyone who listened to our last episode, a look behind the scenes of the Institute for Rowing Leadership at Community Rowing, Inc. in Boston. The IRL's one-of-a-kind Advanced Certificate in Rowing Leadership is an intense one-year coaching education program. We sat down with CRI's Senior Manager of Coach Education, C.B. sands Bohr, and Mitch McManus, a 2019 IRL fellow who left a 30-year career in broadcasting to pursue a new career coaching high school rowers. If you missed it or any of our episodes, listen anytime at studystatenetwork.com slash podcast or on your favorite podcast app. And while you're there, would you leave us a review? Here at Steady State Network, we believe wholeheartedly in inclusion at all levels of rowing. To support the development of leaders in the rowing community, we've partnered with businesses to provide eight scholarships for up-and-coming coaches to attend ROWCON, U.S. Rowing's annual convention, held virtually December 6th through 11th, 2021. Thank you to Dr. Bobby Kaiser, Catalyst Rowing Fitness, Concept2, Rowers Dream, Tacoma Youth Rowing, and Science of Rowing for sponsoring our Changemaker Initiative. We also need to acknowledge the support of our Steady State patrons, whose financial support also helps make these scholarships possible. Our second annual class of Changemaker Scholars attending the U.S. Rowing Convention is a wonderful group of rowers, coaches, want-to-be coaches, club administrators, and club board members. We were so interested to read about everyone's experiences at and ideas and goals for clubs and organizations across the United States and even around the world. Today, we're talking with our 2021 Changemaker Scholarship recipients to find out what nuggets of information they picked up at the U.S. Rowing Annual Convention and what they've been able to put into practice since. Thanks so much for being with us today, Changemakers. Hi, thanks thanks for for having us. Thanks for having us. (laughs) We are so glad you're here. Uh, Let's start with Vanessa. Hi, I'm Vanessa Harvey, and I am the program director and head youth coach at North Star Community Rowing in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I have been involved in rowing for almost 20 years. I started in 2003 as a walk-on in college, and I think that's about it. Thank you. Katie. Hi, uh, I'm Katie Brennan. I am in Philly, uh, where I'm a yoga and mobility coach at Philly City Rowing. And uh, I just had my first year on the water, finally. I've been erging probably for about six or seven, eight years now. Um, And yeah, I think that's it. Hey, yeah. (laughs) Great, thank you. Uh, Nicole. Hi, I'm Nicole Arado. I am coming from Columbus, Ohio at Greater Columbus Rowing Association. I've been rowing since 2008, and I'm currently, on top of being a rower at GCRA, I'm also the novice coach for Adult Learn to Row and somehow got put in charge of doing the winter training as well. Somehow. That's how it happens, right? (laughs) All right, Corinne. Hi. Uh, So I'm Corinne, and I have been in rowing for 15, almost 16 years now. Um, but currently I'm in school going back to get a degree in sports psychology eventually. So I'm currently studying psychology and exercise science. So I can be a really good coach when I get to get back into it. Okay, so let's get started with Vanessa. What's been going on in your rowing life recently? Let's say the last week or so. Last night was our annual budget review. So I have, for the first time in my, my rowing life, 
just like made a whole budget um, for next year's programs. And we offer youth adaptive and community programs. And uh, so that was, that was fun and exciting. And um, I'm trying to figure out our pivot because our, the city of Minneapolis is doing an amazing thing and is extending uh, the park, their park system north of the, the downtown area. And that means our primary location is going to be under construction next year. And so I need to find a secondary location that is suitable for our programs. Awesome. You have good cut. You're in good company. Station L just did the same thing out in Portland. So I'm sure we can connect with them for some mentorship on that. There was, that was a big move. That was a big deal. And then the location I think they went to didn't work out and they had to move again. So, (laughs) Well, that sounds like a big project and actually um, something that would fit right aligned with a conversation we just had for club founders. You know, you're an already established club, but finding the space, step one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Katie, what's going on in your rowing week? Uh, Well, (laughs) personally, I am uh, in, I guess, winter training, we call it. (laughs) It's just irking in my kitchen, man. (laughs) Like it's what I've done for so many years now. Um, And training for crash bees. Brian Fuller, shout out to him at Boston, writes beautiful uh, winter erging training plans. Kick my butt. And um, in terms of my work with Philly City Rowing, it's a little dormant right now. I'm working on some uh, R&D, I guess you could say, around breathing programs and breathing protocols um, so that uh, the young athletes we work with have um, some kind of protocols like right before races and uh, some day-to-day kind of stuff too that can uh, work with their mood and their state and uh, get them hyped up, get them mellowed out, everything in between. Remind me, is Crash Bees virtual this year? I know that the Yeah, it's going to be virtual. Okay. I, I loved it that way last year, personally. I, I don't know. It was, I know it was controversial, but it was so cool to see other people erging in their kitchens in Tunisia, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was so cool. Yeah, I think we- it kind of levels the playing field in a certain way. Yeah, and you don't add the, uh, the the stress that happens when people travel to compete, you know, that it levels that playing field too. Who's next? Nicole, how's your rowing week going? The week has been going great. We are erging as a group at the boathouse three times a week. So we have a kind of a fluctuating group. Some people are there every day. Some people come when they can. We have some music pumping. We have different types of workouts that include steady state rowing, We have uh, some fun calisthenics, people doing jumpies all over the place. So it's a really fun environment and anything beats erging silently in your basement. (laughs) We would agree. (laughs) Corinne, what about you? How's school life and and family life this week? I actually got up one day at like four in the morning and managed to erg. So my kid is terrified. She did not know that there was a machine in the house that made that sound. She didn't know what to do. Wait, who was terrified? My dog. She's, she's going to become a service dog for me, but she's never seen me use it, which is really sad because I've had her for months now, but she was like staying right next to me. So her nose kept almost getting hit at the finish every stroke because she was trying to check on me and make sure I was okay. Yeah. Yep. Adding another voice to the conversation, Martina joined us from her dorm room at University of Central Florida. Hello Hi, there. Martina. Hi, nice to see you guys. I'm so happy that I could join. Would you mind Would you mind doing a little introduction and say your name and where you're at and what you're doing, where you are? Uh, my name is Martina Wasilewska. I'm from Poland uh, and I came to stage to row. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for being here. That's awesome. Okay. So the whole point of the change makers is that we saw the opportunity we wanted to offer uh, eight scholarships specifically to ROCON, which is the U.S. Rowing National Convention. And Rachel and I are curious on what made you apply for that Changemaker scholarship. I mean, you all had reasons. You all filled out your applications and you wrote eloquently. So who wants even to- if it's financial, I mean, that's a legitimate reason. If it's just financial too, we, we want to know that. My board really wanted me to attend it, but didn't 
hadn't budgeted in my attendance and um and was like you need to find a way to make this happen and because we're subscribed to steady state I saw the opportunity and was like what steady state is doing in DEI is very much aligned with what North Star is trying to do so thank you thank you for sharing that who else Martina yeah (laughs) um for me it was like I saw information about the scholarship on the science of rowing website um instagram page and I got really interested because I just love love rowing and I enjoy every like new information that I can get to know because I want to be more aware of what I'm doing and more aware how to like improve myself and helping with my teammates because like you can roll for like eight years but without proper coaching stuff you might not know anything about rowing and after this con- um, this conference um, I got to know a lot of things that I, I didn't know knew existed um, in like names of rowing styles like 90 10 80 20 if I remember correctly um, if I have it in my notes that I don't I don't have it in here um, but it was just like I saw it as a great opportunity to like grow and and then later on impact my team uh, and I will be also talking to my coaches about what I learned in, the con- in this uh, convention because um, it was great. <laughs> great thank you for sharing that. Martina, I agree with what you're saying. I was so excited to be able to attend this conference for what you said about becoming better as a person, becoming better as a rower, and learning things that I could share with the rest of my team. And those things include learning about rowing as a sport and learning about how to make the sport more inclusive. And all of these things were central topics of the conference. And that when I read the what was on what was um, scheduled to be a part of the conference, I was so excited to attend and really, really grateful for the scholarship. Great. Yeah, that's what we love to see. This is Katie. I really did want to look at uh, EDI in the sport um, and uh, really get a deeper lay of the land of what was going on in uh, communities and learn about communities other than what's going on in Philly Um, and some practices, uh, some best practices around that, but also like looking at uh, places where culturally like uh, DI initiatives are getting snagged. Um, and I, I too really appreciated, uh, I mean, I didn't have anything to compare it to, but I appreciated how uh, heavy the emphasis was in that programming. And um, I think there's a, a lot of room to go in terms of really getting that work integrated into the fabric of the communities and the sport. Um, and so it was it was a really great way to get a lay of the land and, and really understand more. And, you know, there's oceans of things that I don't yet know about rowing. So, uh, you know, while doing that, it was great to learn about boat rigging. I don't know anything about boat rigging. All no, Katie, and I actually want to say you will continue to feel that way for a long time. You can be yeah. involved. I've been involved for 20 years. And literally the other day I was talking to Tara and I was like, I there's all of this out here. Um, my arms are going super wide. All of this out here <laughs> that I wish I knew about rowing and that I still don't know. Like I want someone to just feed it to me with a fire hose and then I'll be like in my brain. So <laughs> these are the sorts of things like we love people like you who want to keep learning and continue learning. And so it's fantastic that we've got Martina, who's a student, Katie, who's like a brand new within the last couple of years rower, who's a you know, yoga instructor and all these other change makers who wherever they're coming from in their lives, you guys want knowledge and that's key. But I think what's also cool is that the one thing that we all have in common is that we've all had, I believe we all have this in common, Uh, And I'd love to hear from Corinne too about this one. Um, We've all had an aha moment when it comes to rowing, right? We've all had a moment where it snaps, it comes together, even if it's fleeting, uh, whether you break a PR uh, for yourself or you see like Nicole, you see a great master's learn to row student 
Mm-hmm. The light bulb goes off. I know I'm a learn to row coach too. Sometimes it's the most amazing thing or power rowing with, with Vanessa, we see uh, a light bulb go off where you see a powerful performance or you see, uh, and, and then with Corinne, you know, the way that it can change someone's trajectory. Um, Corinne, what do you think about the aha moment that, that you could say about rowing? <laughs> Um, I don't know if there was a specific one. I, we were like tortured my first week of rowing because we had too many novices and everyone else was miserable and I thought it was really fun. And then I figured out that might be the right place for me. So that might've been the first one, but even like going from being an athlete, I got to coach for about a year and a half and it was just, I think even more fun to get to help kids and get to see how they change and like work with kids who might be left out otherwise and just like help them fit in like the same way that my coaches helped me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think those aha moments, and I I definitely want to hear other people, but what those aha moments often do is they are the, those are the moments that that change our trajectory when it comes to Mm -hmm. rowing. Like we could just be like going along and I'm a master's or we're going along. And, uh, you know, for me, I got, asked to coach something randomly and then it just like whoop, you know just went off into another um stratosphere who else does anybody else want to report about an aha moment like the perfect stroke happened or anything like that i think it's a combination between tying what you said tara into what corinne just said is that there has been so much change happening in the sport of rowing in terms of diversity equity and inclusion um my, my coach as, as a university athlete had no idea how to work with an adaptive athlete or visually in, in my case, a visually impaired athlete. And it was a huge learning curve for both of us. And so that's amazing. But to tie it into what Corinne said, it's, it's that making sure and opening space and opportunity for kids who I can, I can relate to in that space so that they have, they have those opportunities. I often joke when people ask me about recruiting, I'm like, I want to have a sign that says like, give me, give me your week, give me your third string, give me your bench warmers. I want the kids who didn't make that other, those like traditional teams and, or the, and the kids who are just hungry to be on a team, hungry to get out there and do their thing and maybe have a challenge. And because I was that, I was that kid. So I want to make space for them in the sport of rowing. I love that. We talked to uh, a coach from um, Atomic Rowing hmm. earlier this year. I can't remember exactly what he called his rowers, but basically he's, he, he likes like the misfit toys is like kind yeah. of how he described it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been me as a kid. I think like yeah. I just didn't, I, I didn't have anyone reflecting to me that I was an athlete at any stage in my childhood. You know, I was a nerdy little theater kid. And uh, I think um, it's been useful as an adult to have the experience of just being involved. And I thought like it was a whole new world just being an athlete at all and being in a, in a competitive environment, but also just like being uh, you know, in an environment that's like, well, let's test what your body can really do. Mm. Um, mm-hmm it was a whole different thing that I just never really encountered in my life. Yeah. And I think that we talked about that with our, one of our more recent guests about uh, title nine CB stands for who's the head of the CRI Institute for rowing leadership. You know, Mm -hmm. she was talking about her own background and how she didn't grow up with title nine. And like uh, Martina obviously has benefited from, you know, even being from Poland, you know, coming into the U S where athletics uh, for women, young women, especially is, here, what do you want to play? Like, what do you want to try? And, and it's so much more part of her culture. Uh, you know, we all know plenty of teenagers who have no interest in moving their bodies and no interest in uh, testing their coordination. But uh, I would agree that this is a landing point, both Vanessa and Corinne and, and Katie have alluded to it. This is a great landing place for a lot of different kids to all be in the same place and, um, and really seeing what they could do together. 
Because of the amazing support of our patrons, we've been able to produce nearly 40 episodes of Steady State Podcast and are really excited to begin our third season in January 2022. When you join our Patreon community for as little as $5 a month, be the first to know about new episodes, get Steady State freebies, and store discounts. Find out more at SteadyStateNetwork.com slash Patreon. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Steady State Network and on Twitter at Steady State Row. Sign up for our e-newsletter and become a patron at SteadyStateNetwork.com. In two, we're back with our 2021 ROCON Changemaker Scholars. That's one, two. All right, so let's talk a little bit about this convention. Uh, I know that, I know that, uh, I mean, it's, it's a lot. The convention was Monday through Saturday this year, and we all have lives. We're either working, we're going to school, we've got kids, we've got dogs, we've got partners, whatever it is. And we all try to carve out a little bit of time in each of those days. So um, I'm, I'm really glad that we were able to help you attend. We hope that you got as much as you could out of it. We'd love to basically pick your brains about what caught your attention what were you really into? Um, did you get to meet anybody? Did you get to spe- meet anybody? Spectacular or get to yeah. connect with anyone spectacular? So really... there's a lot of questions at once, but like, was there one thing going into it that you knew you really wanted to attend that was like top of mind for you? For me, uh, I really wanted to attend the session on trauma informed coaching. Um, I have, I caught her on a podcast, Megan Bartlett, I think is her name. Uh, on a podcast, I don't know, a couple months back, and I loved what she had to say about the role that sport can play um, in developing neurology kind of away from adverse childhood experiences. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of intervention that needs to happen and that can happen in that context. So I really, I loved her session. Um, it's probably one of my favorites in the conference. Um, and it's got this little, like, seed of a thing percolating for me you know I've been a yoga teacher for 20 years so I I look at movement patterns really through that lens and uh I just think there's a whole therapeutic experience that can happen with specifically within rowing like different even more so than other sports because of the repetitive motion because of the breathing components in it um so I don't know watch this space I yeah. thought I thought that that session was really interesting for a couple of reasons, but the presenter, Megan Bartlett, there was just something about her demeanor. I don't know if you guys noticed this as well, but basically we came into the session and I was like, mm, like instantly calm. She was very calm for the <laughs> whole thing. Um, she That's had awesome. this really wonderful presentation. Uh, there was, there may be like a few people in the chat, but I, I didn't feel like, oh man, why isn't anybody chatting? Just because her presentation was so interesting. Um, I pulled away from that um, a couple of things. She talked about, um, she was kind of ta- coming at it from the coach's perspective and working with young athletes. And she talked about trust and trust being the antidote to stress. I thought that was really interesting. Um, and right, the other a key thing that I pulled away from it was what you said, Katie, the pattern re- repetitive rhythmic activity, pattern repetitive rhythmic activity. Let me say that again. Yeah. Is that the heartbeat thing? And she talked about yeah, the rowing yeah. as heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Rowers really regulate their limbic systems in a way that other athletes don't, you know, if you're catching a football, you got to kind of be keyed into the rhythm of a quarterback or something like that. But uh, that precise, like everybody's getting in sync is actually really something we talk a lot, a lot about in terms of limbic brain development um, in adults and in kids. Um, And there's something, yeah, very healing and very regulating about like everybody moving together and everybody getting kind of re-regulated. Corinne, you had your your hand up. Oh, I'm, I'm so sad that I missed that one. I'm like waiting for the 20th and counting down. Yeah. Uh, but I love going to the U.S. hockey one um, with Ken Martell, I think it was, because I know like other families around me that are hooked on hockey and have been since they were little kids. And I've just always wondered like how they do that without getting burnt out. Because at the same time, like rowing is, it's amazing. But 10 years into rowing, 
you definitely get burnt out and you have phases of that and you might come back to it, but I don't feel like it's, you know, I feel like with hockey, people stay hooked for a long period of time. So I was really curious to see what they do differently. Yeah, so that presentation was looking at bringing young kids into hockey. And I remember he was talking a lot about like the exponential growth that's been happening with kids younger than like eight or something. Uh, And I have to admit, I didn't stay to that whole session. I couldn't that day, but he was looking at ways that U.S. rowing could, well, rowing in the United States could mimic what USA hockey is doing to grow their sport starting from a young age. He talked a lot about fun and uh, creating fun activities for kids. And that's something that Tara and I talk a ton about is how do you make rowing fun? It's not a word we use a whole lot uh, with this sport. How do you guys do that as coaches? Yeah, how do you guys do that as coaches? Thinking about fun and fun activities. Well, I was gonna say that it's it's something I'm, I'm working on trying to develop with my board is we're up in Minnesota, right? We technically can't get out on, it's not like Seattle where you can get out on the water 365 days of the year. It snows, it freezes, it's quite miserable outside right now. Um, If you like blizzards, it's great. Um, But I wanna create a symbiotic relationship with some of the other youth programs in the cities who are doing hockey or doing um, say like Nordic skiing so that at the end of their season, I go and talk to their kids and I'm like, hey, there's this outdoor it's like summer opportunity, come row with us. And then vice versa in the fall, they come and talk to the rowers because I don't want it to be like, oh, we have like me pos- like being possessive over like, these are my rower kids and they can only do rowing forever and ever. Like trying to create this more symbiotic relationship between other sports and seeing the, the mutual benef- benefit of that. But that ties into like the longevity of people staying in the sport because it decreases injury. It create like people are excited to do the sport when the next season rolls around. Mm-hmm. Um, and then fun is just like never an hour power ever. No, never an hour power straight. There needs to be other stuff thrown in there. Like my kids, they do like tops 10 minutes is the longest they'll sit and just row on an erg. Yeah, um, it's hard that focus to stay focused and um, and get a whole lot out of it, no matter what your age Um I will put into my two cents, Tara and I like the 60 minutes, we lead 60 minute sessions on Sundays, but it is not something we do regularly for that reason. It's a slog and people look at it that way. And when they make it through the slog, then it's fun. (laughs) (laughs) It's not always fun during the slog. Absolutely, absolutely. But I think with the middle schoolers at Philly City Rowing, I've like really learned to gamify everything. And Mm. like, Mm. I learned that kind of the hard way. I don't have much of a kid background and, you know, I don't know how successful I was in my early days there. (laughs) Um, but, uh, But like, I'm really learning more and more how important it is. And like, not in a way that, you know, diminishes what's at hand. I just like, I just frame everything in a gamified way. Um, and hopefully like that might start to change the culture and like the way we put the boats away is gamified and the way we, you know, and the way we back our oars is gamified. And like that there's just this like sense of play and discovery. And some of those games are not like finite games that are winny losey. They're infinite games that you kind of play to keep the game going. Like when you're squatting a ball around the room, you know, like nobody wins at that necessarily. Um, but there's just like a, a fun exploration that's going on uh, all the time exploration of fun i'm I'm, gonna use that i'm tucking that one away thanks katie i'm curious from uh, martina's perspective i mean you're in a competitive collegiate environment probably guessing that fun is not at the top of the list of things that your coach is prioritizing um but from this experience of meeting other coaches and meeting other rowers does it change that sort of hard structured view of rowing that you might be experiencing as a collegiate athlete I would say it changes overall. Um, I'm lucky to have really good and um, like open-minded coaches. Uh, we sometimes do have like some fun on the practices, except 
everything and going on the water. Sometimes we play um, tag between us. Like it's not often; it happens like probably twice a semester. Uh, but it's always a lot of fun. They try to um, change it up a, bit, a little with like competitive circuits. Um, so some bench pulls, um, box jumps, running, and it sounds just like there's a lot of uh, a lot of them to do and. They always are really hard, but there's a lot of fun with them because it's always something different than erg. Um, and they also some sometimes like try to do some more like stationary erg exercises. So, for example, they use a uh, um, trap um, to make us feel our body position right. So we just try to um, get our back tired to feel the pressure and how our body needs to be set up. And uh, that, that is really helpful exercise that is also fun because it's not like straight up erging, but it still teaches you a lot. One thing that's really hard about a virtual convention is the networking bit. And this is something I really, really miss about conventions and the U.S. Rowing Convention. I've been to several of them in the past, not several, a few in the past. And um, even if you don't know anyone, somehow you end up sitting next to somebody and talking about whatever. And next thing you know, ideas are rolling around and you've got somebody's phone number and you go out to dinner or you got their email and you talk, you email them later about coaching or whatever it is. That's really, really hard to get out of a virtual convention, especially one that really didn't have any that I saw any breakaway sessions. There was no time where they said, OK, guys, here's a room. Go chat with each other. But um, Corinne, you reached out and told us that um, you did something that you may not have done otherwise. Could you tell us a little bit about what you did because of the convention? Oh, yeah. So um, I emailed the national team sports psychologist because I'm slightly insane and impulsive. Um, but she wrote back and she was really nice because I, I actually like want her job someday. That's like one of the top jobs on my list that I would love. Um, and I'm starting to look at grad schools. And I took one sports psychology class uh, in school. And even the professor had no idea what track I should take for grad schools or anything. She couldn't give me an answer. Um, so I just asked Dr. Sarnell about it. And she wrote back and like told me what she did and what I should do so that I can go for it someday, which is awesome and super helpful. <laughs> Yeah. And it's this, uh, what I love is that maybe that was an aha moment or a light bulb moment and just like, go for it. You know, uh, we, what I've learned over the years is um, if you've got somebody's name and you've got their number or email, use it. And the worst that can happen is that they won't return your call or they mm -hmm. won't email you back, but most likely they will. And then who knows yeah. what doors open. So I'm really, really glad that you did that. Yeah, we've been talking a lot about the siloed uh, culture of coaching in rowing that coaches and up till now, it's been a point of pride to stay in your silo and don't share and just do your job. And, and that's it. And this new generation of coaches, Katie's making a poo-poo face. I totally agree. There's totally a poo-poo face <laughs> that goes with that because isn't this so much more fun, right? Like Nicole and I can talk about learn to row and Vanessa and I can talk about para and Vanessa and Katie can talk about inclusion and Martina and Corinne can talk about schools and sports psychology and learning about uh, bodies and kinesiology, all the good stuff, right? This is such a better way to do it. Um, Nicole, we haven't heard from you in a bit. So what's, what do you want to, to throw anything in there? Yeah, I just wanted to talk about how all of the things you just mentioned, all of those silos, there's so much overlap. And there's so many things that are generalizable from one of those silos to the next. And it's so key that we are all talking together. And something that um, came up in one of the US rowing convention seminars was how we don't have to recreate the wheel every time. We, we can talk with people who have done these things before and learn from each other. I think that's really crucial. Um, okay, so let's talk about 2022. Yes. Who has something that now you're just like, I feel like I got extra confidence or I have an actual like collaboration I'm going to do in 2022 or something I'm going to put in place that was inspired by the convention? Has anybody got anything directly uh, relatable 
partially relatable? I'm certainly a lot clearer on the next work that I want to do uh, within the sport. I, I definitely I have a background in development and fundraising, and I'd love to get um, more involved in that and in communications, in running, uh, especially in opportunities around creating more equity. That's kind of where my development background is as well. Um, so that I think I'm going to be kind of cooking up hopefully some good back office stuff. Um, but also, uh, I really want to keep kicking around this idea of like growing in there as therapeutics um, and not really as, uh, you know, a, a competitive endeavor so much. Um, and so I'll be collaborating with folks who do breath work on that, uh, some folks who are well versed in like polyvagal theory and, and vagal nerve regulation, that kind of thing. Uh, if anybody listening to this wants to talk a little more, <laughs> please feel free to hit me up. Uh, yeah, so those are my plans, I think, for next year. It's kind of kicking around and hatching this idea in a more robust way and starting to do some beta testing and stuff. Yeah, I definitely want you to keep in touch with us. I'm very interested in this as well. You're coming at this from a really different perspective than anyone else I've ever talked to about rowing. Um, sure, we talk about it generally as being good for us. The activity is good for us. We all talk about how we have, right? <laughs> yeah, we yeah. talk about, you know, we get to, down to the water and we're able to like release some of our stress from the day. Um, but I'm really curious on your perspective um, as it relates to being therapy. Uh, I think that there's could be a really interesting overlap there in a couple of different places, including something that is um, pretty solidified already in the rowing community, which is bringing um, wounded warriors back to the water and using yeah. it as a therapy. Exactly. So yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot, uh, you know, from a yoga lens, we've already done some research there in terms of meditation techniques and breathing techniques mm -hmm. and uh, working with like PTSD and, and different kinds of that. Yeah, I think there's a ton of overlap there. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Like I, my thought is basically a session on the water that feels like a yoga class, you know? All right, who else? Uh, what else do you might you want to put in practice in 2022? At Greater Columbus Rowing Association, I've been grateful to take a leading role in the regatta directing group um, and from what I learned at this conference I'm hoping that we can create an open gendered rowing category so that we don't just have women's events and men's events but an open event for each boat class that's something that has been done in the triathlon world and in um, we learned about that during the conference and so I think it's so crucial that the rowing world start to take those important steps. And I'm hoping that I can be a part of that in Columbus. Yeah, that's so exciting. That was news to me about USA Triathlon. I didn't know that, um, but the, it will take clubs like yours and leaders like you to step up and say, you know, we can make this happen. We just need to start offering it, you know, create the opportunity and people will come. Yeah, and the the uh, sponsor that you were aligned with, uh, Dr. Bobby Kaiser, uh, Bobby Kaiser, PhD, uh, is from Spokane, Washington, and reached out to us at Steady State to tell us that they had listened to our episode about uh, transgender rowers with Killian Mullen and um, Liam, and because of that, felt emboldened to row and try rowing. And then the end of that story was going them going to the head of the lake event which is basically the super bowl head of the charles of the west upper northwest is head of the lake and saying i identify as non-binary uh how do i fit into this event and they didn't say no and they didn't resist and they didn't ignore and they actually discussed it and it ended up as an exhibition uh category which you know it's it's a step anyway so 2022 anybody else big plans um i am going to try to hire community graduating high school seniors to be the assistant coaches to create community representation um, our club is is new 
and doesn't have graduating seniors of the youth program that can then step in and become coaches. And um, I, I want to increase representation. I want to increase community involvement and not, and I was like, how do I do this? And thankfully our club is small enough and it's not super competitive right now. So as long as our head coaches know how to row and our assistant coaches can be super helpful humans, then they don't need to know how to row. They'll, they'll pick up the jargon and they'll figure it out. Um, but it's, it's one of the, like the very tangible immediate things I feel like I can do with the, with the club. I love that you're creating job opportunities and creating new ways to fold the community that you live in into the sport. Amazing. Well, we have one last question for you because we're coming up on the hour. And the question that we have, and this is actually a little bit self-serving because we have a vested interest in this kind of thing. But if you were to imagine a completely free platform, a completely free forum, not authorized or sanctioned or anything, where we said to you, you have 20 minutes, you can talk about anything you want to talk about in rowing. rowing related rowing related but it could be a tangential you know to rowing if you had 20 minutes to get up on a stage or a podcast or whatever the format might be and you could just speak freely tell a story show some slides whatever it might be what's what comes to mind if you we gave you 20 minutes to do anything you wanted to talk about vanessa looked like she had an idea yeah she's like um, it's kind of what i so north star community rowing was very very lucky and honored to be featured in the small um club saturday u.s rowing post thing and in it they they asked a myriad of questions and i got on my soapbox at the end and was like, this is why rowers are in a unique position to do this work. Rowers are comfortable being uncomfortable. That is the nature of our sport. And so we need to step into that space and own that power and be uncomfortable will be comfortable being uncomfortable doing the work that we need to do to change the culture of U.S. rowing and to change the culture of rowing worldwide to be more inclusive, to be more equitable, to be more diverse. And because the very nature and the very thing that draws people to rowing and that makes rowers unique and wonderful people is because we are un we are comfortable being uncomfortable there you go the suffer fest by vanessa harvey right. <laughs> first speaker on steady State DEI yeah and the suffer fest yeah how they compare how they're alike yeah <laughs> okay who else has a has a you know little row ted talk in mind i talk about breathing um i talk about breathing in terms of kind of the anatomy of breathing, the neurology of breathing, breathing for peak performance, breathing for trauma healing, breathing uh, as an act of somatic abolitionism, uh, breathing. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Into, I, exhale. Uh, I would Katie definitely, Brennan. yeah, I would definitely sit in on that one. I have some direct questions for you about breathing and uh, sure. side effects of sucking in when I was 15, 16, 17, feeling like yeah. all the time. Can't quite yep. get rid of it and relax. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. yep, yep. That's a Great. whole other story. Martina, do you, have any, do you have any <laughs> yeah. uh, presentation ideas? I mean, you probably give presentations all the time in school, but do you have an idea of what you would talk about? Um, I would probably just talk about how like life changing growing can be. Like for me, it was literally like the best thing that ever could have happened to me. Um, I was, be, before I started drawing, 
fucking falling out of the bus student. <laughs> I just had too much energy and I had no friends. And then I started to roll and I was like, oh my God, that is so cool. And I, 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 I started to have so much better time management skills. I started to get a good grade in school. I was so much more, so much happier. And I met my best friends at doing rowing. Um, I learned that like, this is an amazing sport that like challenges you in so many ways, so many wonderful ways that I, I never expected to be challenged in. Um, and I, I would probably just say that like there are so many opportunities and so many wonderful people that you can meet growing. Like I never imagined that I would leave my country to study abroad and, and growing gave me that opportunity, which is, which is amazing. And it's literally, I know I said that in the beginning, but it's the best thing that ever happened to me. And every day when you row or do anything, it's just wonderful and extraordinary. And I love, like, how can you learn how to know your body, to know your mind, and just how to work with other people and make the connection. So, the, yeah, I'm just grateful. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Corinne? Um, I think I would talk about um, trauma in sports and actually how a lot of the elite, like the best Olympians and the best elite athletes had PTSD or had like terrible things happen to them in their childhoods. And then they became resilient from it. So it kind of, it irritates me when coaches write you off because you have trauma or they think it's like a bad word to mention. Like you should, like, they just want to say, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm just like, no, don't be sorry. Something happened and, you know, hopefully you're stronger from it, but you can be stronger from it. So no, that's, that's what I would probably rant about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Rant. <laughs> awesome. That's great. I'd love to see that. I would go to that for sure. Uh, Nicole, anything? If I were to have a TED talk in the rowing world, it would be called rowing the band-aid of all problems. <laughs> I would say wow. <laughs> <laughs> rowing is the band-aid of all problems. If you have physical tension, go for a row. If you have symptoms of depression, go for a row. If you are feeling like you don't have a place where you belong, go join a rowing team, try it out. Rowing is the band-aid that fixes everything. It's great. Well, we hope to make those uh, presentations a reality. I know um, Rachel and I have fantasized a lot about, um, about that kind of a casual platform forum type series um, that's not all you know, like <laughs> you have to do this and that, but um, we know there are such unique perspectives and that's at the heart of Steady State Red Network and why we created this was because we had heard enough from kind of structured elite uh, that we are trying so hard to fight uh, against and, and sort of disband uh, as part of the uh, the culture of this sport. So kudos to all of you for being visionaries and, and change makers. And we've loved working with all of you and we can't wait to see uh, what you're going to do out in the world. We hope you'll, you'll keep us in touch uh, as you go on with your year. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity. It Absolutely. really was uh, so cool. <laughs> it was such a cool, cool experience to meet the community in this way. And yeah. Thank you. Great. I really am grateful. Thank you. Well, thank you all for being with us tonight and taking some time out of your day to chat with us about your rowing lives and your experiences at the U.S. Rowing Convention. Uh, we know that we want to keep in touch. We hope that you all will keep in touch with each other as change makers. And uh, let's see what the next year has to bring. Uh, if you ever feel like you're out uh, in the wilderness, at least reach out to Rachel or I, and we can connect you to someone between us. We have tons of contacts, if not just the change makers, but uh, please don't hesitate to use us as a resource. High fives, everybody. Thank you for coming. High five, high five, high five, high five. Nice to see you all and uh, happy holidays, however you might be celebrating. Yep. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you, everyone. Good to see you Bye. To see photos of Nicole, Corinne, Katie, Vanessa, and Martina, and to get links to the people, clubs, and events mentioned in this episode, check out the show notes on our website, 
To see photos of Nicole, Corinne, Katie, Vanessa, and Martina, and to get links to the people, clubs, and events mentioned in this episode, check out the show notes on our website. Did you know that Steady State is more than a podcast? We've got virtual events happening every week that bring together the rowing community from across the country and around the world. Join us for Coffee Chat, our version of the post-practice hangout. For about half an hour, we shoot the breeze about our rowing week, talk rowing news, training, calluses, and a whole lot more. We go live on Instagram every Friday at 8.30 a.m. West, 11.30 a.m. East. Grab your favorite mug and add your voice to the conversation. Looking for workout buddies? Join us for Steady State Sundays, the fourth Sunday of each month at 6.45 a.m. West, 9.45 a.m. East. Register for this 60-minute Steady State ERG workout and we'll provide cues and insights to keep you motivated along the way. Work at your own pace and then stick around after to talk. To find out more about any of our events and claim your spot in our lineup, visit steadystatenetwork.com slash events. Steady State Podcast brought to you by me, Rachel Friedman. And me, I'm Tara Morgan. Between us, we have 33 years of rowing, coaching, and coxing experience and running successful rowing-related enterprises. Rachel is the founder of RowSource, the original resource for master's rowers. And Tara is a founder of Seize the Oar Foundation, where they champion inclusion in the sport of rowing through team training, outreach, and thought leadership. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at RowSource and Seize the Oar. All right. High five, Rachel. High five, Tara. All right. We'll see everybody soon. Bye. In two, let it run. That's one, two, let it run.